So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Hartley. Thank you for listening, uh, for, for taking the time out of your day to pay attention, not to me, but pay attention to your business, for investing time and energy into bettering your business. That is exactly what we do on this podcast. The number one goal is to help you grow your business. That's why this podcast exists. Uh, and the really cool thing about this podcast, you guys, by the way, is it also helps me grow my business. I just wanted you guys to know, this is not like some altruistic thing that I'm just making it to help you. Like I am I'm running a full-time wedding photography studio here in Columbus. And I love these guests and I love applying what I'm learning. I'm, I'm continually learning as much as I'm teaching. I'm learning and I'm taking it all in. And I want you guys to have that same spirit, that same attitude of being a continual learner. All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S. T.O. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982 and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, this is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, they make like, like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work, but Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, the really cool thing too is everything is online, like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. 
face, you guys. Let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, it gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G-U-S-T-O forward slash photo. On today's episode, we are going to talk about things that I hate. <laughs> like I'm like, Emma, Emma, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to really make this sound amazing. No, here's the, here's the deal, you guys. We've got Emma Ball on today's podcast and Emma works specifically with photographers for accounting, bookkeeping, tax planning at Big Picture. She does this, again, this is what's really cool. She does this specifically with photographers, you guys, which is just incredible. Look, I love the way that Emma describes herself. She is the quote, nerd to creative translator and emotional support. It's an important ad. Um, a, a couple fun facts about Emma. She enjoys rollerblading, uh, especially in the house. Like I got to ask questions when we get her on here, but she rollerblades in the house even when she can't go outside, she volunteers with uh, local art nonprofits. Um, her favorite being Art Feeds. She founded and runs the Hip Handmade Market. She's got two beautiful spunky kids, a dreamy husband, and here's here's the big here's the big uh, uh, statement for you guys. Listen to this, okay? Please dial in on this. If you, we just got through tax season. If you have have to comb through your bank account at the end of the year, right? Looking through your calendar, trying to check your mileage, right? Vowing next year, I'm going to do better. Next year, I'm going to keep track of my mileage. Next year, I'm going to keep track of my receipts. Then, then you end up doing the same thing over and over the next year. This is me, by the way. I'm putting my hand up right now. Like if that's you, then this podcast is specifically for you. We're going to help simplify this stuff. We're going to help uh, you photographers uh, just get a handle on it. For the sake of peace of mind, we're going to get a handle on some of this stuff. So that way next year, you aren't pulling your hair out, right? Emma Ball, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, thank you. I'm doing well. How are you? Oh man, I've got one of these like purple, uh, like monster energy drinks in oh my, my hand. Goodness. And uh, right now, it's, this is one of those short-term gain, long-term pain type of a situations. Like right now, I'm like, oh yeah, this was a good decision. Right. And it, you know, in an hour, it won't be. It won't be. No, I just read a graphic yesterday on Instagram that was an energy drink. And it said that the ingredients were coffee, the doubts of your haters, perfect spring morning, Check in from your friends and vitamin B. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's a great energy drink. That's the one I want to drink. Yeah, I like that. That's awesome. Oh my goodness, Emma, I appreciate the grace as I went to introduce you. You know, like I like, you know, all the words that we talk about. I think these are words. They're like they're they're points of pain for creatives, right? It's like when we think, and and not all creatives. I get that there are some really sick, weird creatives out there that just adore this kind of stuff. No, I'm just kidding. But there's some people that really like their their whole thought process is in line with it. And and for myself, it's not right. It's not the case. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about. How? Because you kind of mer you merge these things. You are a creative, Emma, and yet you're also someone who really is. Uh, your mind works in regards to like accounting and bookkeeping and tax planning, and so I'd love to. How did you discover that about yourself? I am a weirdo, if that's what you're trying to say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not okay. You, yeah, okay. Maybe I said that, but I didn't mean it. <laughs> no. Um. And all of those things I hate, and I think the reason, um, that I really kind of 
well, first it was work. I, I somehow ended up just turn of events and everything ended up working at a fortune 500 company here in our town in their accounting department. And I, I really like organization. And I think that's part of my creative style that comes out um, in doing the hip handmade market. I have been told that uh, it is one of the, like a, one of the best well-organized um, craft shows by the vendors. Like they're like, thank you for giving us all the information, you know? And I think the reason why is because I've been on the other end. I've been a vendor at craft shows. I've done that stuff and I want to have all the information. I want to make sure that things are covered and I'm not there at the last minute kind of scrambling or, you know, my booth space has a giant pole in it. You know, I want to know that ahead of time. Um, and so I try and provide that. And um, the accounting and all that just kind of came from this job I had, which mostly um, it was very corporate and not my style <laughs> really, but we needed health insurance. And it, I had a little bit of background in just accounting from um, working at a bank and in an office in the, in the past. And so it just worked out really well. Um, and I also speak Spanish, so that was a big plus in our area. Um, and so I got that job and I actually really, really enjoyed it. Um, it was a lot of work and a lot of hours and a lot of spreadsheets. Um, but then Andrew approached me with this job and I was like, yes, it's the marriage of both. I want to do both. Yeah. And so I really enjoy it. And, you know, when you were mentioning um, about people combing through their bank account and all of that stuff, I get it because I've done that. <laughs> and I still, with the hip handmade market, because it is still small, I still do that. If it was my full-time job, I wouldn't. I would. I have the tools and all that, but I still, to an extent, do that a little bit, you know, and I, this is my job. <laughs> I know better. And so it's really difficult for us to, as creatives, to kind of put that as a priority because it's the boring stuff, the stuff that we don't want to do. It is. Speaking of, uh, can we talk about non-boring stuff for a second? I tell me a little, <laughs> tell me a little bit more about the hip handmade market. Like you brought that up. I'm like, Oh my God, I want to know what this is. <laughs> well, it's a curated craft fair. So we all, especially in the Midwest, uh, we have a lot of craft shows around, but when you go there, they're usually very similar. Like every booth is the same, you know, hair bows and, uh, I don't know, crocheted tissue boxes <laughs> covers. Um, <laughs> I, I really admire the the old um, craft arts and crafts, you know, just handed down, woodworking, all of that stuff. And there's a couple of craft shows that I really admire. Um, my favorite being at Renegade Craft Fair. And they have those in Chicago, New York, L.A. And I just kind of was like, you know, we need that here. And um, I was in therapy. <laughs> and my therapist was like, why don't you just do it then? It would give you something to focus on and all that. And so uh, six years ago, I went ahead and just did it. And uh, we take in applications months in advance and we try and curate all the vendors. That way, you know, we don't have six soap vendors. We, or if we do have more than one, then one of them is, you know, goat's milk and one is different, you know, natural stuff. And like this last time, we even had somebody that made shampoos and all that stuff for dogs. <laughs> We just had it. The last one was two weeks ago, I think. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's really nice. And we have, you know, of course, there's jewelry and woodworking and metal sculptures and so many neat things, stained glass even. And every market is different, and it's. I just really enjoy it. And I, I can't make fine art, um, but we do have some fine art. And, you know, just all levels. We have um, so much in our holiday market. It's really fun because – 
you can do all your holiday shopping in one place. I love this, Emma. I want to just talk all about this now. Like, I love that even just like the fact that like you saw a need, you saw an opening, you saw something that didn't exist. You're like, I want this. And then you went and did it. Like, this is what I like. That's, I mean, that's really cool. Like, I love the ambition uh, behind that to see something to, to say to yourself, I want this. And then you just, you did it. I like it here because it is, like I said, we do have a lot of craft shows and people are like, oh, another craft show. But when they come, they're like, oh, this is different. (laughs) This, you know, I want something from every booth. And then of course we try and keep it fun. So I have a friend who does the announcing and we just kind of dance around and goof around all day. And it's really, really fun. We do giveaways and get everybody involved. I like to tell the stories of the people that make each item. So we do like a profile leading up to the market of each vendor and, and, and all of that. It's really fun. This is awesome. Just as a complete aside, if anyone's listening to this that is in the craft space and you're like, that sounds like a place that I want to be, then I'll make sure they get a link in the show notes that you can Perfect. you can message Emma yeah. and see about to like line it up. I think that could just be a cool thing to connect some people to. That you, would be so. super fun. Um, I also had one friend start one in another town and so I just kind of coached her through it. So I'm also open to that too. I love yeah. it. I love it, Emma. Look, um, so I, I, we, we got to stay in this this vein of accounting for a little bit. You know, at the time of recording this, we did just kind of get through this this uh, this tax season, more or less. Um, I know some people are still in it potentially if they've they've done an extension. But like, I, I mean, are you just completely are, are are you through it now, Emma? Or are you still working with creatives? Uh, or did you get most of the stuff filed? Um, we are still, I mean, uh, we file plenty of extensions. <laughs> um, and sometimes we'll go ahead and file them just to be safe. You know, we might get them, their taxes completed before then. But it does, we do see to that there are a lot of creatives that do file extensions. And that's okay. And it gives you till October. The only bad thing is if you procrastinate it longer, <laughs> and then October comes and you're in the same place. As before. So can we even talk about this for a second? Like, are there pros or cons? Like, like, is there a pro for not doing an extension, right? Is there is there any sort of benefit to making sure that you've got it all together and, and submitted? And then also, is there are there any cons, right, to either um, doing it all early or, or or requesting an extension? Like, and and you know, some people listening may not even realize this is a thing, but I think a lot of people do. Can you talk a little bit about pros cons that you that you see if there are any? I would say the con to filing one is like before you're just kind of delaying that, especially for people like us that are creative. Um, One of the things I've learned is, you know, anxiety, which I get nervous before things like this, like speaking with you or any like public speaking or or anything like that. I get really nervous. And the only thing. Well, you're slaying it. I just want you (laughs) to know. Completely slaying it. The only thing that uh, will make you feel better is to do the work to get it done. And then it's off your shoulders. And so filing an extension just prolongs that for you. And it'll just be sitting there in the back of your mind. And then you've got a whole other year that's work that's happening. So that's the big con is that you're, you're delaying that. And you're also adding a whole other year to your pile because even though you can file any time between, you know, when you file your extension, then you can, you have until October to file. So you can file any time before then, more than likely we will wait till the last minute and you will wait yes. for the last minute. So you're just adding that. And then by the time you get that file, if you do wait until October, then guess what? You've got 11, 10 months to catch up on for this current year. And so that's the biggest con. Um, the pro is if you did get behind or something, you know, 
happened, you do have that extra time to get your stuff organized and put in the right place um, and get all that figured out. You won't feel that deadline deadline looming, but maybe give yourself another deadline. Say, I want to have it by the end of April instead of, you know, October or, or something like that. Give yourself something realistic that maybe you enforce on yourself. Absolutely. Here's a question. Is this, is this a, uh, and I don't know if you have any insight on this. You can plead the fifth. You could say, I don't know, but I'm curious. I've heard that there is a higher risk of audit when you make an ex- like when you have a, an extension. Is that true? I don't think it's true. Andrew would know more about it because he does the tax filing. He's a certified public account- accountant. That's what CPA stands for, by the way. Um, and so he does all of our tax filing. So he would probably know more. But um, no, I don't. I don't think so. We haven't seen that. Um, the only reason I think why people think that is because the um, IRS is getting all of these tax returns right now that they think they'll pay more attention when they come in slower. But the number of extensions would surprise you. They're, everyone files extensions. We have businesses that don't file until the end of the next year. You know, so. I don't think it it raises a red flag. The only thing that would raise a red flag is um, if you amend something or decide not to amend a tax return. For example, we just had someone um, sign on with us to do monthly bookkeeping, and uh, they've been in business since – it's a photographer. They've been in business since 2017, and um, we are going to do their 2019 bookkeeping. And in order for us to do that, we went into their QuickBooks Online account and kind of cleaned up uh, things in the past, made it to where things going forward are ready to go. We set a date lock and everything, and she went to go pull up her profit and loss and balance sheet to send to her tax preparer. And she said, oh, wow, this shows like I made no money. And I said, well, yeah, you were doubling up on your income, so we had to show it. I just showed it at the end of 2018. And so this is correct. And she was like, oh, no, this is this can't be. And what happened is her income was doubled up in 2017 and then also in 2018. So what she's going to have to do now is um, amend her 2017 tax return showing that, you know, less income. And then her 2018 is now correct. When we were I'm stressing out just listening to this story. I just wanted you to know I'm over here. I'm, I'm like, I'm starting to sweat. My face is just like, I don't even want to get like, yeah, yeah. when we were talking, I'm vicariously, like vicariously stressing it out. Was, she was very interview. upset. When we were talking, um, I said, you know, or I don't remember, like we were just talking and I said, okay. Um, she said she made estimated payments in all of 2017. And then at the end ended up having to pay, an extra seven thousand dollars to the IRS at the end of the year. When I this is not helping, I had just Emma. said you would have gotten seven thousand dollars back if your if your income would have been correct if you would have done your bookkeeping yeah. correctly. So now she's going to file an amendment and she's going to get that money back. <laughs> and Good. so, but it's the amendments yes. that that and then the for twenty eighteen her 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 uh, income will be correct. And then now that we're doing her tax return for twenty nineteen, she's definitely going to get money back and everything will be correct. And she won't have that stress of like, am I duplicating things? What's happening? You know what I mean? She saw this and she was very upset that her tax preparer didn't catch it, but most tax preparers preparers don't. They're 
Why is that? Why do we hire them? Then? <laughs> because they? they're not Damn looking it. at your your monthly things. They're not looking and seeing, oh, okay, you know, does this look correct to you? They're just going off of what you give them. And if you're wrong, if you're duplicating your income or showing it in the wrong place, your expenses in the wrong place, that they don't know to look for it. Gotcha. Look, let's let's break down some of these terms because we, we started to dive into some stuff and I almost want to pull back a little bit. I get that some of the people understand what we're talking about, but I'd like to almost just like, uh, you know, vocabulary. Let's kind of clear some of the clutter. Let's get, get all the jargon out there. Can we define all these words that I hate? Yes, I have a list. <laughs> um, I have liabilities. Do you know? Oh, <laughs> why'd you have to start with that one? Keep going. One. Okay. So the best way to remember assets and liabilities, liabilities are things that you owe and assets are things that you own. Simple, right? Clear. Clear as day. Okay. What else? Fixed assets are a type of asset. Um, these are capital assets, things that need to be capitalized. That means that these items will be, will last more than a year. And they were over $500 and they will provide value over time. So camera gear, computer, capital assets. Right. And so- you, Is there any other capital assets that like are sneaky? I think those are the big ones, right? You know, photographers are always thinking about those too. Uh, are there any other ones that you like notice? furniture um, or any- oh, yeah, yeah. Like if you, your desk, if it's a really nice fancy desk and you, you know, you want to do that, then there you go. Um, things like that. Um, and these things will appear on your balance sheet because they will be amortized over time and it will allow you to write it off over the, it'll allow you to write off the value over its useful life, not just an expense. Like if you spend a thousand dollars this time, then it shows up as I spent a thousand dollars this month, not over the length of the time that it's valid, that it's useful. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, distributions. <laughs> Uh, I like those. distributions. Um, you want to, if you get nothing else from me, <laughs> please keep a distinction. Do not intermingle your business and personal account. Open up a separate account. It doesn't have to be a business account. It can be a personal account, but just keep it separate. That way, everything that's there, you know, everything that's coming in is money from your photography business. Everything that's going out is a, an expense for your business. And any big checks that you write yourself, $2,000 a month or whatever you want to do, then you know that you're writing it to your personal. Don't just, you know, use it, use the debit card for your lunch one day because you feel like, you know, you need to. What happens if that, if that occurs, right? Like even for example, I, um, I, uh, literally, Last, I was like last night, actually, I went to pay a second shooter inside of an app. And when I pressed uh, pay, it actually, it accidentally, I, I paid from the wrong mm -hmm. card. Right. And so now I've got this second shooter's payment that went on my personal card. Um, right. So like, what are the consequences uh, for those type of things? Why should we try to avoid it like the plague? If you get audited. That is what they call piercing the corporate veil, <laughs> meaning that your personal and business are now intermingled. And if one thing is intermingled, then was this expense really personal or was it business? Now we're going to look at everything. We're going to need receipts for everything. We need to look at all your bank accounts. You don't want that. 
Yeah, it, for sure. Now, is that a year to year thing or is that like now, like forever? Do you mean for your business? I would say you definitely want to keep it separate. And like you in this right. situation, what you would do is maybe reimburse yourself. You know what I mean? Or write yourself a check from your business account for this, you know, paid with wrong account, wrong card or whatever. And this is what it was for. And then you would mark that as an expense. Interesting. Okay. Can you explain that? Because I bet people are listening right now just thinking to themselves, oh, shit, I ended up, you know, booking that flight to that conference on my personal card because I got better mileage, you know, miles or I got better, you know, kickback from that. Or someone's thinking, well, I did, I, you know, I forgot my card at home and I ended up buying this one thing. And so can you actually slow down and explain again how you solve this in a way where you're not compromising. Um, okay, so you want to keep a distinction. If you intermingle, you do pierce the corporate veil and you lose your liability protection because then it's it's like, well, if you're doing it here, then you're doing it somewhere else. So if you accidentally do purchase something, like you just paid that second shooter with a with your personal card, the best way to handle that would be to write yourself a check or do a transfer and make sure that the memo states what it was for and make sure you mark it as an expense. Same same place it needs to go. So it would just be you reimbursing yourself. Don't just add it to the next distribution that you take. You want it to be an expense. Distributions are different from expenses. Okay. And so that would just be a bank transfer or a check just clearly right yes, now. Yes. And you want to just make sure for second shooter, paid on wrong card or paid on personal card, whatever you want to you want to name that. And the reason you want to keep a distinction is just not doing so just makes bookkeeping really hard. Like we mentioned before, then you're going through your bank account saying, you know, this Starbucks was personal, this Starbucks was um, business, and then you might get the wrong one and it just, it won't be good for, in case you get audited. Yeah. Um, it also helps you budget yeah. better. So it helps you see how you're doing so much better than if you have it intermingled with your personal, then, you know, your bank account's lower, but you're not sure why, oh, you're spending all this money on your clothes or, you know, kid stuff or whatever. But if it's business, then you can see how your business is doing so much better. It, it will show up in your profit and loss a lot better. All right, everyone, I got to take a quick break here uh, to let you guys know about something that is coming up. It's relatively urgent. It's coming up October 24th through 26th, and I need you to pay attention because at the end of this, I've got a promo code that will get you free registration for it. Uh, here's the deal. I go to a lot of conferences. I go to a lot of workshops, uh, all that kind of jazz. And it's important. It's so important because you've established a solid career, but these days, like it's tough. It's hard to actually shine out among the growing competition. You've got to keep evolving your game. What are you doing to stay up to the latest trends, technologies, techniques to continue to stay competitive? You guys, there's a thing I'm going to tell you about called Photo Plus. All right, you can get the full spectrum, the full picture at Photo Plus. It's a three-day photography and videography event that is going to expose you to uh, to everything you need to improve your business 
and then hone your craft. One of my favorite things about it is, yes, you've got all like the gear stuff, right? You, so you get to try out, you get to get your hands on the latest gear on all the manufacturers to connect these people, hear practical tips, tricks about how to use this equipment. But one of my favorite things is that uh, all these interactive sessions, all of the all of the education, the training, it is held by experts. At, at the exhibitor booth, like directly in the booth. So you don't have to register for classes and go to these different classes. You get to be in the same space as the exhibitors and learn right there. And the topics are vast. So they're going to cover everything from lighting, composition, design, uh, like image capture, retouching, storage. Uh, my favorite thing, better promotion of yourself and your work. And this will set the scene to expand your industry network and connections with peers and other creative leaders. I know a lot of wedding photographers listen, but no matter what your specialty is, if you're a wedding photographer, if you're a portrait photographer, if you're a videographer, like you're going to gain access to a full spectrum of technical and tactical knowledge to put into action. I say this all the time on the podcast, but your competition continues to elevate. Take the time to invest into yourself, into your craft, and your business will thank you for it. All right? So this event, it's Photo Plus, okay? Photo Plus is going to be 2019, October 24th through the 26th. Photo Plus 2019, October 24th through the 26th at Javits Convention Center, New York, New York. All right, this is what you need to know. Pay attention. You need to go to this website, photoplusexpo.com, and then use the promo code, all capitals on this promo code, six figure, S I X. F-I-G-U-R-E, six figures. Spell out that six, you guys. All right, so photoplusexpo.com, P-H-O-T-O, expo, E-X-P-O. I'm sorry, photoplusexpo, P-H-O-T-O, plus, P-L-U-S, expo, E-X-P-O.com. Use the promo code six figure and you will get registration for free. It's a no-brainer. I will see you guys there. If you're gonna attend, do me a favor, DM me. Shoot me a DM on Instagram and let me know that you're attending. You use this code to get the free access to it. And I can't wait to see you guys there. At that note, let's get back to the show. That's awesome. Can we talk, can we talk PL for a minute? And even just like, you know, as we're discussing all this kind of stuff, as we're talking about even we get into this profit and loss, like are there are there ways, programs, apps that you would really recommend people like dial into that make this whole process um, easier? I would say if you have a business where you have lots of transactions in your in your month, I would say if you have more than 15 transactions, then you maybe want to look at a bookkeeping software. Uh, we work exclusively with QuickBooks Online. We just we love it. It has an app. Um, what's nice about the app is you can before it even you can sync up your bank your bank information. So you just log in onto your online banking, and it will. Um, pull all those transactions in. So when your your expense to um, Starbucks comes through, you'll see it there and you just put it to this was for meals or, you know, whatever you need it to go to uh, for Best Buy. And this was for, you know, equipment or I bought a desk, whatever. And you can capitalize it however you want to, whichever account you want to put that to. What's really great about QuickBooks Online is it, they have an app and um, let's say I'm at Best Buy and there's a receipt and I 
want to throw the receipt away, you can go into QuickBooks Online, click the add expense, take a picture of the receipt, put when you spent it and everything, and then whenever your that shows up and comes through your bank feed, it will match it up to that receipt. And it, you'll just click match. I already did that. And then whenever you're, um, you get audited, guess what? There's your receipt image. That's yeah. awesome. It's great. That's awesome. Uh, this is going to fresh. We're big proponents of fresh books here too. So fresh books is going to be, um, right in the same vein as QuickBooks. Totally. As long as you have some kind of software that will keep you kind of organized, you know, for the most part, then, and you can go through it once a month even, and just make sure things are being put to the correct category. Um, if things that are capitalized, like we talked about earlier, if they need to be capitalized, that you're putting them to a capitalized account, like equipment or furniture fixed asset account, then then you do that. If you just go through your, as long as you have it connected and you go through it, I don't know, whatever you want to do, once a week, once a month, once a quarter, then great. As long as you don't wait till the end of the year to go through all of it, because then yeah, you'll I think forget. a lot of people are like, once a year. <laughs> then you'll you'll forget. And it just kind of depends on your number of transactions. You know, if you don't have that many, then once a quarter might work for you. Um, but yeah, definitely at least once a month, I think would be great. Um, another th word that we were that, you know, going back to the words, uh, reconciliations, that's how you catch, um, any duplicates or, and, and, and see if you haven't, make sure you haven't missed any deductions. That's the girl that I was telling you about earlier that had her income duplicated. That's how that happened. She wasn't doing reconciliations. And um, a reconciliation is when you get your statement at the end of the month, you go through in whatever software you're using and you make sure that all your expenses and, um, and um, income matches what your bank account shows. You make sure checks have cleared. If a check hasn't cleared, then you're like, okay, where where is this check? Or did they lose it? You know, um, are my lights going to be shut off? <laughs> type thing. Yeah. Um, and that's where you catch all of that. And that's where you'll catch, okay, this I have this listed on here twice. Oops, you know, or this, you know, they charged me twice. And then um, if you do that monthly when you get your statement, it will save you a big hassle. And like I said, you will catch your duplicated income or uh, duplicated expenses or anything like that. And more importantly, you're checking to make sure that any deductions that could be taken, all your expenses are categorized correctly. How would one go about, I don't, I'm still confused on this duplicating the income thing. How do you go about mistakenly duplicating your income? That sounds like a great problem to have. <laughs> it's not. It's not a great problem to have. Um, so what happens is sometimes we have like a third party that um, a lot of people use Square to record their payments, right? Um, and then they have a different bookkeeping software like FreshBooks or QuickBooks or, or Quicken or, you know, anything. And they go, um, so this, this one photographer, they, she was going into QuickBooks and creating an invoice for $1,500. And then she was marking it as paid. This lady paid me $1,500, recorded a payment. She paid me through credit card, all of that. And so, so it was just in QuickBooks recorded as a payment. Then in Square, they take the $1,500 minus $50 for their fees and then deposit that into her bank account. When that comes into it through her bank account, she marked it as income. That $1,450 was income. So now she has a payment for $1,450 and a payment for $1,500 showing as income, both of them. Instead, what I taught her to do was, you know what, why don't you just 
once you know what your fees are, go to that invoice, add a line that says minus $50 for square fees, and then it will match up and you don't have it duplicated. You know, it will come in, especially with um, software that does link to your bank account. Once that comes through, it'll know, hey, or you, you know, you can make, you can match it up manually, but that's how that got kind of messed up for two years. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. What is the, like, as we're, as we're kind of going through this, like, what do you see as kind of the ideal and, and maybe ideal is not the right word. Cause I get accountants on here all the time that talk about these ideal situations that like, ain't no one going right. to do right. Like, uh, and so, so maybe like the most realistic, but like, you know, good solution for like, a you know, a month to month type of a situation, right? Like, and I'd even love to see what you'd recommend from, from like a, like a global perspective, like, okay, so, uh, and, and hear me out, Emma, I'm not going to, this is not the right thing, but I'd love for you to hear something like, well, you know, you've got. Uh, QuickBooks. And so each time someone pays you, it's going to hit, you know, your square count. It's also going to be tied in with QuickBooks. You're going to see that at the end of the month, you're going to reconcile. You know what I mean? Like, I'd love to see almost like a big picture flow of like, what would, what, how it should actually look and go for someone, right? Okay. Does that make sense? So I'll just kind of give you maybe one of our clients. Yeah. And again, as we're doing this, this is not like, cause this is the problem that I see like with a lot of CRMs. When I say CRM, it's like client relationship management software. They can do everything. There's like a billion things to do and, and they're all technically like the right way or the best way. But like the best way to do something sometimes is just the way that actually yes. gets done. Cause when we overcomplicate things, we over systemize things. Sometimes it like that's why we get ourselves in the pickle where we're a year in and we're like, well, I, crap, I got to figure out my mileage. And, you know, we're having to track through everything. So, yeah, I'd love to hear again what you think is a, it, it, it's a great system, but it's also like, hey, this is realistic right. to do. Okay. So I would say, like I said earlier, the first thing that we do, even someone that signs up to work with us, is have them promise, swear, on their life that they will not intermingle accounts going forward. So, Ideally, you would have a separate account for your business. Um, and if you did accidentally pay with the wrong card, you were, would remedy it the way we talked about earlier. Um, so you would have that. And then at the end of the month, you would go through your expenses. You would do what's called the reconciliation. And you can do this uh, business credit cards with um, your bank account, however you want to do that. Um, and then you would you know, just go through all the, the income and just categorize it the way the way that it should be, which we have a chart of accounts of what it should look like. Um, most accounting software comes with a standard chart of accounts, um, but it isn't fit for a photographer. Um, you want to have one that is for prints because you know what? On prints, you're going to charge sales tax in some places. In some places, you won't. Um, you In some places, you won't charge sales tax for um, session fees. I know here in Missouri, we, you know, it's only for tangible items that you sell, but not for session fees or any digital things. Um, so you want to make sure that you have those things listed out. Uh, and so we have that and I can totally send that to anybody, send it to you if you want to have that as a, something that you want to, you know, give out. Um, yeah, we'd love to put it in the show yeah. notes for people to grab. And so then you would um, just go through your accounts every every month. And when you get your bank statement, you know, in, in your email or in the mail, however you choose to get that, just kind of go through and make sure that your stuff matches up. This is where you're going to be um, seeing all that. And then 
it's really nice to have your mileage the month that your mileage was done. So even if you are just going back through your planner and doing all of that, you can you can do it this way. Of course, the IRS does want to see something tangible. So using maybe a app like MileIQ or something like that that runs in the background and you can choose business or, or personal um, is a great thing to have. And that way, like I said, you're not trying to remember a year from now where you were. Um, what's also really good about this is that then you can pull up your P&L that month and it'll be correct. You won't have that duplicated income or anything. And we always suggest people pull up a P&L um, and compare the last three months. You know, if you sold, you know, if, you're, if your net profit this month was $10,000, is that good or bad? What do you have to compare it to? You, you need to look at, you know, at least a couple more months to see how you're doing. Yeah. Awesome. That's doable. I, I think that's doable. What's like, what's a reasonable time that someone should actually spend on this? Like, cause, cause I think some people probably listen to that and they were like, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Still like, nope. Right. Lots of nope. Uh, so like, you know, that was, that sounded like a lot, but how, how long should that if actually you, take? Someone? If you do this correct, like if you do it that way, you know, have your business account, and everything, I'm going to say it shouldn't take you more than an hour at the most. And that'll be at the beginning when you are, you know, trying to figure out what accounts you want to have and, and all of that um, and what you, where you want to put things. But honestly, no one is going to know how to categorize your expenses better than you. Uh, I always, whenever we onboard someone for our bookkeeping, I tell them the first two to three months, they work with me personally, and I'm just getting to know them. I'm learning what their usual target expenses are for, or, you know, if it's someone that does boudoir photography that I know, then, you know, more than likely every time they go to Victoria's Secret, it's for stuff for that, you know? Um, so we're just getting to know them and no one's going to know that better than you. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So you then work with photographers with multiple things. So with, yes, with bookkeeping, but then also with some tax prep, um, and then uh, as well, just overall accounting, is there like overall strategy? Like what all are you um, working So with one of the things that helps um, as far as taxes go, um, you keeping your bookkeeping, your profit and loss and all of that kind of up to date um, will help you, especially if you are just a sole proprietor, if you don't have, if your business is not incorporated, if you, you know, if you just file it along with your personal income tax, then um you will be able to pay to know a better estimate for you to pay every quarter. Um, once you make a certain amount, like you, you should be able, you should be paying into your taxes, um, estimated taxes. That way, at the end of the year, you don't owe a bunch. Um, most of us that are employed get a W two, and taxes are taken out all year. But when you work for yourself, that's not the case. <laughs> And so um, having your your um, income and all of that in order shows you how much you need to you need to pay. And so we help we help people do um, um, tax estimates, um, do the payments for that quarterly, um, and then also just kind of plan um, and see how that's going to look. You know, we um, Andrew's great at it, just kind of looking it over and seeing how it goes. And there is, you know, the difference between a hobby and a business. Um, there is a taxable income and just income. Um, there is an added self-employment tax for those of us that are not a corporation. So, yeah. Right on. So then, 
one of the last questions I'd like to kind of get into is even just a little bit more of, I, I want to keep this as practical, man, as possible. Cause I just think so, so often, you know, we are photographers, we aren't bookkeepers and it gets a little lofty, but this is, I like how grounded this is. This is solid. So you mentioned QuickBooks. We mentioned FreshBooks as a great bookkeeping uh, uh, software. Are there any other tools, apps, um, things that, that you recommend people like take a look at that kind of bring this up to speed a little bit and, you know, into 2019, um, that, that reduced the buried entry that, that reduced the stress, um, that maybe I, I would be unaware of apart from, you know, um, fresh we are, there are some apps that kind of, um, integrate with other bookkeeping software, which is really nice. Uh, HubDoc is a great one. It's, you know, just basically an online f filing cabinet that will keep all your receipts. So if you want to just take pictures of receipt and send them to HubDoc and sort through them later, you can do that. It will also keep all of, you know, any contracts that you do or anything like that. It doesn't just have to be receipts that way. You know, you're not looking through a bunch of paperwork and losing it. Cause I'm, I'm really awful at paperwork. <laughs> like I just, I'm like, Oh, I'll just put it under the microwave. Um, one time my husband needed our personal <laughs> property tax, um, payment, like the receipt that we paid it to license a vehicle. And he found it in the bathroom drawer. He's the one that put it there, but that's where it was. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it, it was in his pocket yeah, and that. when he was going to shower and he just, we just, we do that. So the, if you can take a picture of it and put it somewhere, that's smart. Um, and you maybe don't even have to use that app. You can, you know, make a album in your Google photo account or something like that, but just documenting that is good. Um, other apps that we use are Expensify. Um, it's another similar app. It will auto read your receipts and both HubDoc and Expensify do that. It will read everything and it'll categorize it for you. And it kind of learns you as you go. Um, yeah. If you always put, you know, if I go to this boutique and I always put it to, um, to a certain account, it's always meals or something, then it will put it to that every time. And then I just, you know, I, I the less work I have to do, the better. <laughs> Kind of like um, yeah, my IQ. If sure. you um, do one, if if you do the same drive every day and you mark it as personal, it'll say, "Okay, you've marked this as personal three times now. Do you want us to categorize it that way every time?" And you'll say yes, and then you don't even have to worry about it anymore. Real quick, my IQ. That's the app that like records right. your mileage, correct? Do you have to like open that app every damn time you get in your car and like press a button and like type stuff in before not. you drive? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> like I more. said, the less work I have to do, the better. So what you would do is after you know you've been traveling or at one day a week, just kind of like the reconciliations or something. And usually the sooner the better. Like maybe before bed or something, you pull it up and it'll show you all your drives for that day or that week or however. And um, you just swipe left. Kind of like, what is that? Tinder or something? <laughs> Tinder. Swipe Tinder. left for business and right for personal. Or I could have that backwards. I don't remember. <laughs> Um, and then, and that's it. It'll just show you, Hey, you drove from here to here. Was this personal or business? And then at the end of the month, it'll say, Hey, your, your January report is done. Here's how many business drives you had. Here's how many personal ones you had. So it, but it just runs in the background then and it, and it knows you're moving because of yes. velocity uh -huh. or what? So, so what if I'm riding my skateboard really fast? Then it'll pop up pocket. and it'll say, wow, Ben, you're really fast skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> no, it won't. 
um, it should know that you're moving from location to location. So it's location based, you know? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool, man. I need, okay. So I've written this off because I kept, I kept thinking to myself, I've got to like open this thing up every time. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. That is not a realistic nope, thing just, for me to do. I would rather stress out at the end of the <laughs> right, year. That's way better. Um, and just like the reconciliations, it's one of those things that like, if you just set an hour, which my IQ wouldn't take that long unless you waited the whole year, I guess. But if you just set like an hour or a few minutes just to do this, it will save you all that time. I've done the whole, oh, I remember I went from here to here. What's Google Maps say that the mileage for that was? And that's not good. You do not want to say that to the auditors. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Emma, this has been awesome having you on. I appreciate you laughing with me and and kind of talking about this stuff in a way that I hopefully brought some things into, into layman terms for people. We're going to make sure to get some of the links down below. But I'd love to also point people in your direction. You know, uh, where can people find out more uh, about you online, about your work with Big Picture um, and Andrew Jordan? Uh, yeah. Where oh can goodness. people get tuned in? Um, my personal Instagram is at Mrs. MRS Emma Ball. Um, and then, of course, we have a Big Picture CPA Instagram. So it's just at Big Picture CPA. Um, and we are at cpaforphotographers.com. I love it. It's awesome. Cool. You guys go check it out. If this stuff uh, stresses you out like it does me, uh, let me know. By the way, I just need to request some grace here. I've been very, um, I've been unnaturally, not negative, but I think I've, I've certainly like my, my oh. bias has come out of this, Emma. <laughs> and it's just because. Like you know, I said, I, I'm also this, emotional this support. <laughs> we at this last conference that I was at, when I was speaking about all of this, this lady was running late and, um, she, she goes, Hey, what class is this? And I was like, well, which class are you taking? I can help you. And she goes, I'm taking the one I don't want to take, but I know I need. <laughs> and I was like, that's mine. <laughs> like I knew immediately that it was mine. <laughs> so, and, um, we do, people sometimes have a hard time maybe signing up for our bookkeeping or contacting us, but we, the first thing that we ask you to do is to just maybe book some time to chat with me on the phone or something. That way we could just kind of see what you need, or maybe we can answer a question and then all you need is 15 minutes with us. And that's completely free. You can just go to our website and immediately you can, you'll see where sign up to talk to Emma for a little bit and promise not to pick on anyone. And I know a lot of photographers come to our table at conferences and things like that with their heads down, just kind of like, I know I should do better. And no matter how bad it is, we've probably seen it. We've, I've done it. <laughs> um, so there is no shame. That's what I want to do. I want to help. And um, I think that's one of the things that helped me move to this position that I'm in is Andrew really wants to take what he does and the things that he nerds out on and just help everybody. And I do too. I We really just want to help and make sure that you're making the world better with your creativity and not stressing out about accounting. I love it. I will. And I really appreciate you. I appreciate what you and Andrew both do. And so thank you, Emma, for coming on the podcast, for sharing of yourself, for educating us like this. It, it means thank so, you much. so much. I really appreciate it. Podcast listeners, thank you for listening. I, you know, I just, this stuff is, it really is important. It, it really is important, uh, especially, you know, when you're solo and this is your only gig, it's obviously important. But once you start, you know, this becomes your full-time uh, 
career, this becomes something that is supporting your family. Like even, even for the sake of your family, you know, this is the stuff to really dial in on and make sure that we're taking it seriously. Um, Emma is there as an amazing resource. You guys take advantage of her. I really appreciate every one of you for listening today. And I can't wait for you guys to tune in on the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Until then, bye everybody. Bye everybody.